Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What is going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday, November 30th. This is Elijah Fire, episode 138. Um, just right out of the gate, I want to point out, obviously, yes, this is pre-recorded because I'm on some much-needed vacation in an undisclosed location. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to Leavenworth, Washington. So um, it's going to be great, um, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I, I, as you can, you might be able to hear in my voice, there is a slight lower pitching in my voice. On a scale of Jeff to Darth Vader, I'm about a three uh, or two. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just, I, I'm, I need some rest. I need some rest. So this is going to be, it's really good. But today's episode is going to be great. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out is they literally, right outside of my window, they're always doing stuff outside my window, I feel like, um, they're rebuilding a staircase. And so it's very loud. So I'm going to try and uh, mute it whenever I can. Um, obviously, we're doing things a little bit different this week. We're kind of back to three days uh, just because we have a couple of different people that are on vacation this week. Uh, and so we're only doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday shows. And then next week we will be back with five days a week. It's going to be fantastic. Um, one thing that I'm trying to talk a lot more about is uh, what we are doing with the donations that you guys give to Elijah Fire and the Elijah List Ministries. Um, uh, if you donate on ElijahFire.com slash donate, obviously, you know, a lot of that money is going to go towards making sure that this stays free and accessible um, and as many days a week as possible. Obviously, it's only three days this week, but normally it's five days. Um, but another thing that we've been doing, uh, and this has been spearheaded by Steve Schultz, uh, founder of Elijah List, my boss. He, uh, every three days, we are digging a new freshwater well in Uganda, and it's just amazing. Um, this is something I've always been so passionate about, and this is the kind of stuff that we did when I was in missions. and. Um, uh, and so it's just, it, this, it can't be overstated just how much we're giving people back their lives. You, when you're donating here, some of that money is going towards that just by default. Even if you're like, oh, even that $5, I'm like, yeah, you can look at it that way where even some of that money, cause it just, it all goes into a pool and then we take it and we divvy it up in different ways. And one of those things has been prioritizing these freshwater wells. And giving these people their lives back because their whole lives revolved around getting uh, getting water from even just tainted water sources miles away. Uh, and their kids couldn't go to school because they had to help their mom get water. And now that they have accessible, clean water with no waterborne diseases in, in the actual water source, uh, they have their lives back and they can, they can actually live. They can, they can uh, develop their communities and they can, um, the kids can go back to school. And so it's, it's, it's an absolute precious gift. It's something that we're so used to over here in the West because we turn on our faucet and it's clean water and you don't have to worry about getting sick. Um, but, um, yeah, so I'm going to play a quick video about just a recap of what, what we've been doing over there in Uganda and then we'll get going. So go ahead and play that. All right, there you go. So anytime you donate to ElijahFire.com slash donate, obviously some of that will go towards this. Elijah Fire, making sure this stays running, but also 
some of that is going to go over and assist in digging those wells as well. And we're going to be upping the ante next year. Every three days, we're digging a freshwater well. I would imagine Steve is going to, because he's just Steve, uh, he's going to be even more hardcore next year. So uh, we got a lot of cool stuff planned for 2023. It's going to be fantastic. Speaking of fantastic, my guest today is fantastic. I had such a great time with him last time he was on the show. He shared about um, his history with psychedelics and and what that does in the spiritual realm uh, and why it's not good. Um, and uh, ever since he's kind of walked out of that lifestyle, he's been an evangelist and he just has a heart for the lost. He has a heart for, for people knowing Jesus. Um, he's also the host of the Farewell to the Surface podcast. Let's give it up for my guest today, Joshua Zakoff. Joshua Zakoff, what's up, man? How you doing? Good, good to welcome. see you again, man. Yeah, it's good yeah. to be, be back. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Um, so really quick, what is, I think I maybe asked you this last time, but we're going to do it again. What is the Farewell to the Surface podcast? So the farewell to the po- uh, farewell to the surface podcast is basically uh, the little slogan of it, if you will, is uh, life beneath the surface. And so what I, my goal with it is to really just get under the surface of people. Um, it is definitely going to be predominantly a, a Christian, you know, spiritual channel. Um, that's probably you know the chunk of what I'm going to discuss. But I don't want to be limited to that. Like mm-hmm. I even. I'm even looking forward to maybe having some Muslims on and just different things because I just want to get an overall, um, you know, a very balanced look at at life from different Mm -hmm. angles and and what's going on with people, you know, under the surface. And so I've been doing a lot of uh, solo stuff lately, uh, but I have some things lined up where I want to start getting some people in and um, talking about some of those things. And so that's all, you know, talk about life, you know, the the heart condition. Yeah, I love I love how honest and uh, I mean you keep it real, you know. And I that's something I really appreciate about you. Um, yeah. And I think that's very much apparent in your podcast as well. Just having honest conversation. And so uh, yeah, that'd be cool to get some Muslims on there, man. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, um, I, we're going to be talking a lot about evangelism and and that kind of stuff have you have you always i mean when you came to the lord did you always just immediately have just a desire for the lost and and evangelizing like what was that process like for you or or were you pretty turtled up at first i'm curious so you know even before i I got saved i always had like a heart for other people you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like even in the the abysses of of hell in my life and, and addiction and stuff mental illness and whatever i was dealing with uh i always had some type of internal and i know it's the the seed of the word in my life right but uh looking back but back then i didn't know what it was but you know i always had a, a internal hunger to like to help others at some point you know and like and just to help people out of my situation if i could ever get out myself and so that was always there and um so when i got saved what made it so I guess, magical or like so empowering was that when I got saved, I said, now I have something I could actually give people. Interesting. Like it wasn't like, cause anybody could, you know, you see there's people on, on YouTube, they have these channels where they're, you know, giving away this, giving away that and 
doing all these nice deeds for people. I could, you know, I could have walked around and give people encouraging words. I could, uh, you know, be inspiring to people. There's so many things that uh, people can do in their own, you know, power. Um, so, but I said, now I have something much deeper. Like now I can actually give somebody something or help play a part in somebody meeting this person that can actually bring real change, not just, you know, cheer them up for the day, um, but actually lead them into something that's eternal, lead them into something permanent, something real, not something, not just another bandaid. And so for me, that was like, I got the answer, you know, like I, I felt like I, I, I got what everybody needs. Like now I got something I could actually give people uh, to make a real difference. And so for me, that was like the most exciting thing, you know, uh, feeling like, all right, this is better than just, hey, man, things are going to be better. You know, things are going to get better. Not that that stuff's not important, but that that's for me was what really, really got me, you know, mm. into yeah. evangelism. Yeah, it's interesting because, um, and I've always had um, a, a heart for the lost as well. Um, I, it's interesting because I was never, I, I never, you know, I didn't really, go down the path of drug addiction or, um, you know, sleeping around or anything like that. Um, and so, you know, I look at, um, you know, I just think it's so important to have community and to, to hear other people's testimonies, like seeing someone else's joy of like having been on the other side, and then becoming a, a believer, experiencing that freedom of and the, the power that comes from forgiveness of, of having, you know, your sins forgiven and the joy that comes from that. I'm like, man, it is joyful, you know, because I didn't really have that moment of like, everybody, you know, um, everybody listen. This is awesome. You know, um, you know, it was uh, if anything, it was maybe a little bit more intellectual. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Um, and so it's, it, I, that's why I always love hearing like new testimonies of it. Cause it's always just a constant reminder of like, man, like, look at, look at what God has done. Like, um, it's just amazing. So like, what, was that like an immediate then where you like, so you, you became a Christian and then was it like an, so it was like an immediate thing where you're like, I got to tell everybody about this. Kind of. Yeah. It, it was, it was a little bit slow uh at first uh, i was in jail and i think i talked about some of this stuff yeah. in my last podcast mm -hmm. with you um but it, i was in jail and and you know i was you're in a, a little box with 40 dudes or whatever and that's it you know and so it was a mod setup some there's different pods where there's cells and you're in your cell with another person but this was a mod so it was just bunk beds and like 40 dudes you know out there and uh, so the setup was I'm just locked in this room with these people for all this time. And so I spent most of my time just reading the Bible. And, and I had my couple guys that were like really, you know, because some people there aren't really they're just there to be there. Right. And um, uh -huh. but there was there was a few of us that were really seeking God, really having encounters. And so we would all hang out and do Bible studies all day. And it started out just like me feeling the joy I would get from praying and seeing people that you could tell were having a bad day. Be like, hey man, let me let's pray, bro. And you know, they already knew where they're at, they know they're in a Christian program. So it started off with just like stuff like that. And then what started happening is I started seeing things happen, you know, like people just like 
being one way and I'd start praying for them. And next thing I know, they'd be like bawling and coming to the end of themselves and like having these encounters with God. And and there was uh, one of my friends, Billy. I mean, this guy, like right out the gate, what started getting like prophetic words for people and words of knowledge, like so effortlessly because, you know, obviously I'm seeing this stuff happening, but he didn't have, I guess, the the boldness to tell people. So he would get all these words and be like, hey, Josh, go ask that person if this and this. And I'd be like, all right. And I'd go and I'd talk and then, and, but all his words would be right. And so I was like, man, this is crazy. And so me, you know, there was times we'd go in the rec room and pray and man, it just, it started just building. And, and, um, and then I had, I told the testimony when I got to the, you know, the court and I was in the holding cell and somebody got saved. And so I just saw a bunch of things slowly kind of happen. And then what I was experiencing myself, it was kind of like a personal um, I think there was a piece of it at first where it was like, I felt like I had something to prove to God, you know, cause it's like, you just got me out of, just delivered me from all this. And I want, I told you like, I'm going to do this. But then there was definitely, I'd say 75% of it was like, I, I know Jesus now, like this is real. Like, and so I, it started off with me actually at a halfway house and I worked at a Starbucks in Safeway. And then at Starbucks, it just started with me just telling people like, hey, Jesus loves you. Hey, and talk to my coworkers about it. And uh, it was funny because one of my coworkers was a devout, like, atheist. Like, like, and I remember one day, because, you know, it's like, and one of the things I want to talk about is how we flow from the secret place, you know. And, and But it, when you really are just ministering out of the joy of the Lord, it, there's something supernatural about it I can't explain. And so... Uh, I was just so sincerely like, hey, Jesus loves you. Like, so like, just like a kid, like I had, you know, I was so serious about it. And I remember one day he said, dude, he's like, I, uh, he's like, I normally hate people like you. He's like, but for some reason I like you. I don't know. Like, he's like, like what you're doing, right? Like, cause I would do it in front of him and he'd be like, dude, I hate stuff like this, but for some reason I like you. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? He, and so it was kind of funny, but you know, I, so I would tell people like, hey, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And like, if, if so, and then if it's like someone be like rude, I'd be like, all right, well, the coffee's on us today, you know? And I, and so every Aww. person that would reject the gospel, I'd buy their, their coffee as long as they wasn't getting like crazy frappuccinos and, you know, $8 drinks and stuff. And, um, and I remember one day my, my boss came over to me and he said, Hey Josh, he said, we have a customer complaining. Uh, someone came up to the, to, you know, over and said, uh, I went to get a coffee. What does Jesus have to do with my coffee? And um, I'm like, everything. I mean, you know, he's everything. And so the boss like, hey, we can't do that here. Like, it's cool. I understand. Believe what you believe. Um, but we can't do that. And, dude, I felt my heart sink to my stomach. Like, I got so sad. And I said, Lord, what am, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> you know? So, like, I'm in my mind, I said, God, that's it. I'm quitting. And they have the little speaker to the Safeway, right? And so I'm like, God, I'm gonna get on the speaker and preach the gospel to the store and I'm gonna quit. I'm done. (laughs) And, um, but I'm like, I sat on it and I went home and I was, I mean, I was really like, I was hurt and I was home just like praying. And I said, God, like, I'm not going to stop. And I said, all right, Lord, I got an idea. I said, just give me discernment to uh, show me who would tell on me. And I'll just preach to the people that aren't going to tell on me. You know what I mean? And, And and uh, I don't think that I, I knew if he was or not, but I just kept going. The next day, two people got saved. Wow. And so what hit me was like, man, that was like 
that was an opposition to stop me, to discourage me from sharing the gospel. And so I started seeing things there at my job, my coworkers starting to say, like people just started coming to Jesus. And I just, and so I'm in this little, you know, little gazebo or whatever, the little Starbucks stand, and I'm just seeing things happen. And, and so from there, just, it just built and it was just little by little. And then I started going out to the Walmarts and I started going out, you know what I mean? And um, very, very slow and steady process of, I think, just growing the love of God, growing the love of people, uh, and God breathing on it more and more, I think, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, that whole, like working, working in the, the, any kind of a corporate kind of owned thing like Starbucks and, uh, you know, I worked at Trader Joe's and there was so many times where there was people that I want, cause they were like hardcore dude. Like, like at, at Trader Joe's, they were hardcore about like, you cannot say that you can't do anything. And like it, if some, if one of your coworkers could like back to back, you're like right here would, would hear you. They would. And so it was, I allowed those constraints to kind of prevent me from, cause there was so many times where there'd be people I'm like, dude, this person needs the gospel right now. I could see that they were really hurting. And then I would like go grab a bouquet of flowers you know, and give it to them and stuff like that. But it was like, you couldn't, it's, it is tough. And I think I really admire your boldness. Um, you know, just being honest with myself or just looking at areas where I think I, I wish I would have been more bold in. Um, and I really admire, you know, people like you and your boldness are just being like, Oh, so what if I lose my job? You know, like people need to know about Jesus. Um, so dude, that's like, that's really, really cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. And yeah, I mean, because like that is the tough part is, you know, you get people that are, you know, like we can't say that here. And then the, the, the discouragement comes and you could have, you could have been like, okay, well, that's it. You know, like that's, it was a good run, you know. Uh, but instead you were like, give me discernment on who's going to tell me. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's hard to navigate, man. I yeah. like I actually I just did a, a school for the last few, couple of weeks. I was in a school uh for peer specialists, right? And the lady that was running the class, she was um very new age, you know, and she's sitting there telling people that, yeah, every time like telling people about ghosts or their loved ones coming to play with them and just all this stuff. Yeah. And at one one of the days I got the that fire kind of hit me and I started kind of getting challenging her a little bit on things because I'm sharing things. And if you're going to talk to me about my life, I'm going to talk about the Bible. I'm going to talk about Jesus because that's part of my life, you know. And so I would start incorporating things like that into, you know, my life. And, and when I was sharing things and she, I started to notice like she started to get offended by it and she started get like she would start moving around like it was it was very interesting to see yeah um and she very she basically said underlining the underlining message of there you know after one of our exchanges and i was polite and everything but basically said like yeah there's this guy i know that that works in this field but he's uh he's combative and he can't get jobs or something and and i kind of took that as like she's i thought she was saying about maybe she wasn't but my point is is that whenever there was another there was actually another minister in the in, in the class and um he had he was a pastor of a church and so whenever me and him were talking about it it was like we'd get kind of curved you know like you can't talk about that 
But then there's a girl in there that she wants her pronouns announced and she wants this and everyone else wants their spirituality to talk about. And there's no issue. And it's like, yeah, we're, yeah, exactly. You know, and so it's it is hard, man, because it's like no matter where you're at, you're going to face that. But what I've learned, I think it, um, Romans 14, verse three, it says that as the apostles went forth in boldness, signs and wonders broke out. And so there's something about the the pressing and the boldness when you're being pressed that releases something. I don't have it all figured yeah. out, but I know yeah. that when the stakes were the highest was when I've seen the greatest miracles. Wow, yes, yeah, so that's good. You know, that's really good. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now, back to the show. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like I had a friend at Trader Joe's, she really felt like she was supposed to share the gospel with uh, a coworker and she did. And the coworker told on her and she got like, she got written up and like all this stuff. And it was like, but it's honestly, it's worth it. We look at those things and go, Oh, like, but, and, and who that, that Lord, the, the one that sh- shared the gospel, she was a really good friend of mine. She went to go and be with the Lord, but we don't know what God has done in that person's life, even though it didn't stop my friend from continuing to share the gospel with people she felt like she was supposed to. But um, we don't know what what that did in the 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 life of the the person that she shared it with. Even though she wrote her up and she like continued to love her and continued to do all these things, and then went out home to be with the Lord, um, and she was always very upfront with her, you know, what she believed and. We don't know. Like God could have, that could have been the moment where God was like, boom, got a hold of that person's heart, you know? So um, even in those moments when, you know, there are seemingly negative repercussions for something that you were like, oh, but God, I was, I was doing this for you. And I felt like I was supposed to, you know, you were telling me to do it. And, and, uh, but being obedient, um, I think is uh, obedience is, you know, the power of your yes to the Lord and something that he's telling you to do. And he's like, I can do that. I can work with that. Um, so do you, do you, I would imagine you've, I mean, what was it like in those early days? I mean, you described working at Starbucks, obviously it's it's Safeway. Um, and then you were, had you taken to the streets at that point or was it mostly just in Starbucks? No, it, it went, so I would go to Starbucks and then I'd get off work and I'd go to the Walmart next door and I'd start walking on the Walmart and it just slowly spread. And then, you know, it's like within, you know, a month or two, it was just wherever I went, you know, within, yeah. I'd say within about a month, uh, I think really what kicked it off was I'd go to the Walmart and I, I, the first thing I pressed into was healing. Like I didn't care too much about prophecy or the prophetic. Um, I didn't, you know, and, and I, I realized I was being very prophetic when, on accident. You know, yeah. like I would just talk about someone, they'd be like, oh, that's interesting, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that happens um, to me all the time, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and it, that was the one thing I wanted to talk about at one point. But um, uh, so the first thing I pressed into was healing, though, because I'm like, God, I want to see people get healed. Like, these are like, what are you going to say at that point if someone gets out of a wheelchair? Like, what's your what's your argument going to be? you know kind of thing and so i remember one day i I went to the walmart and i I said god i'm gonna pray for the first person i see that needs healing and i turned the corner and it's this girl that was a paraplegic and i don't know if she had mental illness or you know she was kind of like gone in the chair you've seen people like that right Uh and of course i i got scared i i said i looked and i said all right lord next person i turned the corner 
And there's someone with with in a wheelchair with a missing leg. And I said, "All right, I promise, God, next person." You know, and, <laughs> and so like oh, I've done that, man. Yeah, <laughs> and dude, there's three people. And and it was like these severe issues that I was like, I'm like, I want to see like a, a sprained wrist or something. Get me, you know what I mean? And uh, something easy, God. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, all right, next. And then the fourth person, I said, Lord, I don't care. I, I got so convicted of just like not just stepping out. And um, I said, next person, and I see a guy in a in a chair, and I go and I, I pray for him for his back and. I don't know that he got healed, but he said, you know what? He said, when you're praying, he said, I got extremely warm and I feel really loved. And he oh, said, wow. it just feels looser. I don't know if I'm healed. He didn't try to get up and walk or anything, but he said, I just feel a lot better. And so I think that was after that point, I said, like, it, it did something to me where I was like, something tangible happened that made an impact. Um, And, and just from there, I just kept going, man. You know, it's like. You see things you don't see things, and to this day, it's it's the same way. You know, yeah. it's just just keep believing for it. You know. Yeah. Well, I wanted to hear your thoughts on this because I I do feel like sometimes we work in our minds, like okay, they we look at the physical, like okay, for instance, you go up to a guy in a wheelchair, right, and you're like, I'm gonna pray for him. This dude's getting out of the wheelchair today, you know, and you pray for him, and nothing happens. Uh, our flesh wants to go, nothing happened, boo, boo, boo me, and like walk away. Um, but sometimes God is after something else, and there's something else that God is after, and it could be several things before that healing in them can even take place. It's a, like this process God takes people through sometimes. And so I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Um, I mean, I feel like that's, you know, you see a lot, like you were talking about, you pray for that guy, and he's like, oh, I just feel really loved. And maybe that's, that's what he needed in that moment was to feel right. love before even getting out of the, being able to get out of the chair or whatever. So I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. No, absolutely. And I think, I think everyone struggles with that. I think a lot of times there, there there's times in, in faith, it's like, we don't want to say what might be going on because it's like, you're, you know, the whole speaking life and death and, and staying in the faith. And, and we might like bypass things like, but the truth is, is it's extremely frustrating for me as an evangelist. It's been one of uh, a big frustration because there's times I go out and I'll see a miracle, a miracle. And, and then you, 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 you see two healings, three healings. And then you see, you go to the next person and they're in a wheelchair or they're blind, you know, and you see a back get healed. You see a knee get healed. These, these things that seem, you know, more minuscule, more sm smaller issues. Uh, but you see real breakthrough and then uh, you see a, like a severe issue and your your but your faith is up like you're you just seen this. So now your faith is like, yeah, this is going to happen. And you pray and nothing happens. And um, I mean, that's a that's a frustrating place because it just you get in your head. It's easy to get analytical about it. You know what I mean? And, and uh, I have, you know, theories on what I actually think that means. Um, I do believe that there's dimensions of healing. You know, I mm. think that there's dimensions to this. And and we as we're growing glory to glory, it's like there's certain degrees of faith. I think that God can just override at times. And, you know, because I've heard people be like, I didn't really believe, but I prayed. And it was like the first time praying. And it's like some crazy healing. Right. You know what I mean? And I think right. God does those things to hook us, yeah. to, to kind of pull us. But as far as like um god wanting to do something else i think it's extremely true i think the biggest issue i've had with 
biggest struggle I've had with it though is I'm feeling like I'm misrepresenting God because when you're telling someone like God will heal you, God can, you know, totally. do this, and then they don't, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so that's been my, the hardest pill for me to swallow because you see people. And now I feel like, and, and again, like you said, there's got things God does behind the scene we're unaware of, but in my heart at times, not always, uh, but I felt like I just was, gave them another reason to be sad. Like, I feel like I just gave, it was kind of like I just dangled something in front of them and then gave them discouragement is how I feel, you know, but the truth is in reality, nine out of 10 times, people are happier after I pray than, than before. And so, okay, you have something you didn't have before and I can, I could walk away with that. But the truth is it's, I think it's, it's, it's our pride and our flesh that that get our egos, maybe that get hurt, you know, we don't see that at times, but. Yeah, well, I I can definitely say that for myself that it's always been this like, I don't want to give them false hope. I don't want to like give them, and then especially when it's like a big one, right? You see someone with like no leg or something in your um, you know, or they've got a, a really bad uh, physical condition where their you know limbs are all twisted up, or um, you know, you're like I don't want to give them false hope, you know. But again, that's also that is pride. You know, it's like there, there's probably like I'm not, it's not us that's doing it anyways. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. ultimately, it's God that's doing this. So it's not me that's on the line. It's God that's on the line. But there is I think there's the, that part of compassion where you go. Yeah, but I don't want to give him false hope. But it's also like that's where Satan can really get in yeah. and then uses that as like, so I'm going to I'm just going to opt out and not pray for them because I don't want to give yeah. them false. hope. You know what I mean? Like and it just becomes this like it's like this sneaky lie that he does where it's like, yeah. you know, oh, don't give him false hope. And you're like, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't give him false hope. I shouldn't pray, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. when the solution is to continue to pray. And also too, something that I've talked about with a lot of people that operate in, you know, they have ministries, healing ministries, and they do a lot. They've seen a lot of stuff as, as they talked a lot about um, forgiveness being uh, kind of, it can be a, if you've got bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart, sometimes that can be a prohibitor to being healed. It's not the only reason why you might see delay in your healing, but it can be one factor that plays in. And so, again, we don't know unless God gives you a word of knowledge about something, you know, you've you've done everything you were supposed to do. Oh, I felt like I was supposed to go pray for them. That's all I got was just to pray for them, pray for him. Nothing happens from what you can see, but you don't, like you said, nine times out of 10, people are happier than before you pray for them. So right. it's obvious that God is doing something in their life. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting. You mentioned the uh, forgiveness thing, because I, I'll admit that, like, when I first got into praying for healing, I was one of the people that was like, you just pray in faith and that's it. Like, mm-hmm. I thought it was very black and white. Yeah. Jesus does it. You pray, you believe if they didn't get healed, it's because your faith wasn't correct, you know? And, and, and then I, you just start seeing things, you know, and my whole evangelism, you know, experience has been trial and error. And, um, you know, but one day I was at Walmart and I walked past this lady and I just got the unction of the Holy spirit. She was in a chair. She God wanted to heal her. And, and it was there, there's times of like faith. And then there's times of like knowing, and, and I knew that God was going to heal her. And so I told her, I said, look, God wants to heal you. I'm pray for your back. She said, okay, I pray for her. And uh, she said, no, no, the pain's still there. Everything's 
gone. And I remember I kind of, I said, I'm gonna pray again. I prayed again. No, the pain's still there. And I kind of, you know, you, you just, you know, say something encouraging or whatever, you know, but inside you're like, this don't feel right. I, like, I was like, I know that God wants to heal. And I walked away, you know, I share the love of God, I share the gospel with her, but then I walk away like, something like no like i had this pooling in my spirit like your mission's not done the work isn't finished i want to heal her like that was how i felt in my heart and so i walk around the store and i see her again coming to the cash register i say excuse me i said do you have like a lot of bitterness towards anybody i said do you have i said because i know god wants to heal you and i I said and she started she looked at me and she said yeah a lot of people you know and and so I, i started walking her through that stuff and she's like, well, you know, people are like, I don't think I can right now. I said, but just, are you willing to want to? Are you willing to say, Jesus, I want to forgive them and I'd forgive them as best I can. You know, and I, I, so I walk her through that, like repentance of that and I pray and boom, she's healed, you know, and she's bending over and she's like, oh my, you know. Uh, and so that, that was a situation where I did see that play out. Um, yeah. But for someone like me, I'm very, I'm very heady. Uh, I'm a feeler, but I'm also very uh, intellectual and, you know, uh, I don't like stuff like that for me because I don't, I don't want to like see people and then like go into diagnosis mode, you know, and like, it could be this and could be that and could be, I've seen the, the reality of what I've seen is that just genuine love opens every door to everything else, Hmm. you know? And I think like, that was one of the things I I wanted to talk about was like, you know, a lot of times we have these goals of like, I want to get in the gift of healing, or I want the gift of prophecy, or I want, and we inadvertently go after these things, you know, and, um, but I've, I've learned that it's actually in love that all these things already reside. So when you are in love, truly flowing in, in, in Christ-like love, in the spirit of love and truth, um, these things happen accidentally. Like you said, you're always saying things prophetically. That's exactly what I'm talking about because it's like, we share the mind of Christ. And so it's like, if I, if I call you one day uh, and say, Hey, I need you to go to the store. Let's say we're business partners. And I say, Hey, I need you to go to the store and, and get this. And I give you, you know what I mean? If, if I'm trusting you with my business or you're trusting me with your business, right? That means I should be able to go and represent you. And, and like, I should be able to just say the things that I, you would probably say. It doesn't mean that I followed the sentence to a T that you specifically yeah, said. Good. But if I say, go yeah. to the store and get that juice, you say, I'm here to get juice. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, the yeah. message is still the same. And so mm-hmm. we should grow to a point where we're not waiting for prophetic words all the time. And, and they might come because the word of the Lord came unto the prophets, right? And so, like, there's times where God uses the prophetic to break open something, to, yeah. to touch someone's Definitely. heart. But overall, we should just be flowing and already saying what he would say. You do, you know, we should already be knowing because we're in his heart, in his mind. Like we should already be flowing into that. And so I think that's same with deliverance, man. Like there's times that I, I've seen deliverance. You're telling the demon, get out, get out, get out. And then you give the person a hug and they're just, poof, they're, they're gush, you know, and they're crying and yeah. going through deliverance. And so it's yeah. like, it's love. And that's so once I learned that, because I realized I started tracing every true like impactful marking encounter miracle i saw on the street was always from that place of just loving the person not coming at them like how can i convert them how can i just like hey you're a person i love you i know where i'm coming from i share this in the moment 
Yeah, just being with the person. And and, yeah. and that's where I've seen the greatest breakthrough. So wow. So what was your process like, dude? Of like obviously you you know, you told last time you're on the show about, you know, you'd been doing evangelism and then pride kind of got in the way and you were like, How do I know that you know Jesus is the only way? I need to be sure. And then you did that, you had that psychedelic experience. Um that was not great. Uh and what was the process like before that and then after that um it was it was much like what we talked about um me having that desire of wanting to help people and like that being the the like biggest i mean uh, apart from my own personal salvation it's like cool I, i got god for me i have my own thing going with god um, but part of the gospel to me was sharing that with others and discipling people and, and seeing other people encounter God and have these things. And so when I started pressing into that, it's like you see it and then you don't see it. You know, it's like one person, they have this this um, touch from God. And then the next 10 people, it's like nothing happens. And um, but the part that really got me was I would have these people that get saved and say the Lord's, you know, sinner prayer and they would be sincere and they'd be crying and they would get touched by God. And then you call them two days later and they're just gone. Like they, the seed falls away. And so I started getting frustrated with that because I'm like, God, like, um, I feel like you're not like, I'm begging you to love your child. That's how it made me feel like I'm, I'm interceding for these people. I'm praying for them. I'm doing, I'm doing my part and they're about to go die to a drug overdose. If you don't save them and you get to a place where you know, it's like you come to Jesus as Lord and then you know him as father and then you grow into the place knowing him as friend. And that's a dangerous place because then you start to feel entitled to your opinion, you know. And so <laughs> Jesus became my friend and I started talking to him like a friend and I started feeling oh, like yeah. my opinion was 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 valid. And, you know, and I, I was right to to argue with Jesus and, and have my you know feelings. And uh, God's merciful. And, you know, there's times he did let me have that, even if I was in the wrong um but there and there's a place where it slides into pride and that's where i got like i was like this is crazy so it makes sense i said i'm out here running around leading all these people to jesus telling the gospel uh they're getting you know saved um but i'm not seeing the fruit of it and so it basically made me just start thinking like i don't know like i that and that's where it began it's like you know i had all these different theories of what it really meant. And it wasn't a question of if Jesus was real. It was just a question of what that really looked like to be a disciple, what it really salvation even really looked like. Do you have to be a Christian? Do you have, you know, all these different thoughts. Um, And so afterwards it was really, I mean, I think it's just growing now in, in the surrender and maturity of just maturing as like, who, who am I that you think of me? Um, Seeing, dude, seeing the video of the of these these kids in Uganda, man, it's like uh, I was just watching a, a movie last night, and I'm not going to say it was the most Christian movie. It was it was it was very violent, but not like uh, you know serial killer violent horror movie. It was it was a movie about World War One. It's called Silence yeah. on the uh, West End, I think, or something. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, and it's, it was on Netflix, and and um, it was uh. It was about World War One from and it was but it was following the German army fighting the French. Okay. And so it was this this war where basically three million people died at this trench, trying and barely gained any ground. And and yeah. so the whole movie was basically a giant war scene. Um 
And man, stuff like that, it's like, dude, that's stuff so real. Like that stuff yeah. really happened. These kids and yeah, young are real. really out here doing. And so it just it, it it just starts hitting you more and more. Like, man, like who cares? It has nothing to not that like I don't care, but it has nothing to do with me what God decides to do. Yeah. It's like all that I the only point I play in this is that I have the, you know, the um the um blanking out on my word right now. Um but God has blessed me and given me the, the, the gift to be able to talk about him, given me the ability to even do this in the first place, talk to people and whatever comes of that. Um, I just want to make sure now that my seed is well planted. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. That's it. Yeah, man, that's huge. And I think yeah. I mean you 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 hit on it in con- contrasting different things that are happening, you know, like in World War One and, and all that stuff. Um that you know when this is something that I like my process that I go through too of like thinking about well who am I like to sit here and be like you know even with praying for somebody and it didn't go the way that I wanted it to go ultimately I mean that I know that it's God's heart that he wants that person to be healed but it's so much deeper than just a physical manifestation of that healing right it's forgiveness it can be all kinds of other things um but I did what I was supposed to do. I was obedient, especially if I really felt a prompting from the Holy Spirit to like go talk to this person and say this thing to them or go to that person and just tell them that I love them or go to that person and pray for them about this specific thing. Um, is that ultimately God, God is so much bigger than us. And it's that whole separating our own opinion of like, well, in my, in my mind, Jesus, you should have done this, you know? And it's like, uh, at, at the same time, like God is sovereign, right? And he's king. And um, and I think that he's also shouldering, like he sees so much more than we do because he's, he's seeing the wars, people dying in wars. He's seeing the six-year-old's birthday party in absolute utter joy. He's seeing the people that are having to haul water and are suffering hardship. He sees the the couple getting married and in, in marital bliss. Like he sees all of that. Like, and I'm like, he's he's big, man. Like, I I get so one track minded with the way that I see things, and I'm just like, I get those moments of revelation. I go, okay, I'm gonna just I'm gonna back up a second. God, you're God. I'll let you be God. <laughs> I'll just I'll just do my task. You know. Um, I think that, yeah, sometimes we can just get very prideful in, in the way that we think things should go with God. And we're like, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you, 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 you? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you say, you know, why didn't things go the way I wanted them to go? And so, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what's the process been like? Because uh, I would imagine you get some words of knowledge for people. Mm-hmm. When did that start happening? So I started pressing into healing. I'd say I spent a year pressing into healing. Uh, and then I started seeing it. And to this day, it's not like I see every person get healed. Definitely not. Um, yeah. it was just a slow increase. And then, and then basically what happened is I said, I said, wait, Lord, I said, not everybody needs to get healed. What do I do for the people that don't need healing? You know. What I mean? So I'm like, yeah. 
nah, I need the prophetic, you know? And so yeah. the first two or three years of evangelism was me pressing into all the gifts. And what I learned was that the gifts are amazing and we need them and God gives them. Um, but they're not the goal by any means. And they're definitely not the answer. And I, I remember when I first started getting words and knowledge, it was like something I obsessively pressed into. Uh, I would, you know, I'd start my day in the secret place. Um, but then the entire day, nonstop in my heart and in my head, I'd just be saying, Jesus, what are you saying? Jesus, what are you like, dude, not, it was obsessive. It, I don't even know if it was good, but that's what's how it started for me. And, and I'd just say, father, what's on your heart? What's on your heart? And I'd look at people and I'd walk around. I see, stop me if you have a word, anything like that. And I started getting one word, like one word would come to my mind. I'd walk past someone and I'd hear just one word. And I would like figure out how to incorporate it into like an ice breaking, you know, question, or, or I would just start a conversation and then bring up that word in some way yeah. and it'd be accurate. It would, it would, um, I started realizing that it was like, God was not giving me the word to be prophetic. He was giving me the word as a doorway to love, to find out the rest of that word. You know what I mean? It was like, all God needs is one word to open someone's heart. He only needs to send one word. Um, and also he was out because I said, I said, Lord, why do you only give me one word? Like one random word. And he told me, he said, Josh, if I give you more than one word, then you won't take the time to love them to find out the rest of the word. Wow. Yeah. You know, and and then the the other side of that was like there was one time I was with my dad. I was in the car. And uh, this was in probably like the first few months of getting words like that and i'm in the car we were about to go to dick's sporting goods and, I, and i'm in the car and i said lord uh do you have a word for anybody give me a word for someone to you know i'm in my heart praying talking to jesus and uh and uh i get out the car i heard run runner run run i said run i said lord what kind of word is this <laughs> i said I don't, what do i do what do you mean run am i supposed to run but we get so we get out we park pool in at dick's and I get out the car, I turn around and I see this girl walk into her car with a, a knee brace. I ran over there like a crazy person. I ran across the street. I said, hey, yeah. I said, you're a runner, aren't you? And she said, yeah. <laughs> and I said, you hurt your knee running? Run. She's like, yeah. And she gets in the car and slams the door on my face. I'm like, hey, I want to pray. And she goes, Phew. and she's looking at me through her window like this crazy person running after me. <laughs> And I'm like out the window, I'm like, hey, Jesus wants to heal you. You know, like I'm like, oh, God, the word is real. Right. And I'm and she didn't want anything to do with me. And I walked away and the Holy Spirit whispered to me and said, see, just because I give you a word doesn't mean they're going to receive it. Hmm. And um, so I just I don't know, man, it's been it, it was a lot of too like giving people words and them being wrong. Yeah. Uh, and in the same way that you step out in faith for healing is the same way as stepping out in faith. It's like, it's learning a new language. I mean, it genuinely is a new language. And so many people are like, well, what if I get it wrong? Well, I still, to this day, even if I know the word is, is accurate, um, I'd say I'm, you know, for the most part, pretty accurate if I give a word nowadays. Um, but I still don't say thus says the Lord, you know, I, I just say, Hey, I have a question. And I, and I bring up the word um, because the, the truth is if you go out and you try to give somebody a word, and this is how I look at it, learning the language and how kind of God showed it to me was if I'm going out there and my heart is pure and I think that God is speaking to me for somebody and my heart is right and I go and I give them that word and it's, it's wrong. Well, God sees that I thought it was him. So he sees like if it was me, they would have been obedient. If that was a word from me, at least I know they will they'll, they'll give it. 
You know what I mean? It's like he's not mad at us for I think the only time we can be wrong with it is if we're telling people like, hey, God told me to tell you this. And you're like standing on the word when it's like, no, yeah. and, you know what I mean? It's, but if you're just using it to strong arm somebody or whatever. yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's a it's a language, you know, and, and it definitely takes time to learn any language. So, yeah, that that story you told about the the run thing really is encouraging because. I, I think that sometimes well okay i was at a restaurant one time and there was this waitress and god gave me oh all he gave me was she has a son and that he's this age and i was like dude don't make me say that because it's gonna totally make me sound like i'm a stalker (laughs) (laughs) and so i honestly i didn't say it i chickened out and i didn't say it because i was like i man she's gonna like think i'm a like I don't know, she's gonna do something to my food, or I'm gonna get like in trouble. It's like, why are you making me say this? You know, the details, uh, man. Those yeah, ones are the scary ones. The yeah, ones with all the details. Like, it's yeah. like, and I'm just being real. You know, like, um, you know, like sometimes it's just like, oh, dude, like, do you realize what you're asking me to say? Have you had other moments like that too, where you're like, um, God, are you sure you want me to say this? On, you want to hear one of the? I think one there's there's a lot of them, but I think the one that comes to mind that's the craziest to me was uh and kind of ties into what we were talking about earlier was uh when I you know when I got home I was still on probation for a year and a half I'm, I still had to go to drug classes you know so I'm saved I'm living holy but I started to go through all this stuff you know yeah. that uh, consequences repercussions of my actions and uh yeah. and so I had a, a counselor I had to go see part of this you know IOP class and. She was really cool. I liked her. I actually requested her because she was working with me before I, you know, when I was still in the world trying to get clean. And um, yeah. anyways, I, I so I'm in these classes with her about the second or third one. Uh, she was talking to me and I was just sitting there just listening. And God started downloading all this stuff to my heart about her details like what her relationship was like with her father what you know this and that that she used to be a christian and then she fell away because like it wasn't like a short like you know like the typical words i get are the same way like you were describing like one word a couple things it was like a, a paragraph and and i said um you know all right i'm i just sit on the word i'm gonna pray on it I'm, i don't feel like i need to give it right now you know i feel like i was just picking up things and uh and then i go and see her the next week and she says uh, I was supposed to be done. And basically she tells me they, they they think I'm insane now. Like they're, they're telling me basically like, cause I'm, I'm Jesus freaked out. And I think, you know, when you, it's like, I was just so born again, like I was not on earth, you know, and that's how it was the first year. Or so it like just, and they were like really concerned, like, is this kid right in the head? I think. And so they're like, we're going to hold on to you actually for another month or two and see if like like you stay good we know you've been good this year let's yeah. see if it continues kind of thing mm-hmm. and god started giving me the word for her again and i'm like i'm not giving this word no way i said if i miss what do you think's gonna happen to me you know what i mean yeah, if i miss say, hey crazy. god yeah <laughs> hey i just gave you guys your answer i am crazy right yeah <laughs> so i said no i said i ain't doing it and it burned my heart for like two weeks, three weeks until I saw her again. And then I said, you know, it, it was a burden, just like Jeremiah. It was burdening me. I said, hey, I just feel like God has told me that, you know, and I could be wrong. But I said, this is just what he put on my heart. I feel like I started giving the word and I watch her. She's looking at me and she just goes. And just oh. is staring at the ground, just like as like, and she just kind of looked at me and was like, 
like she didn't deny just she said uh you don't have to come see me anymore and just wrote my sign my stuff like you're done you don't have to come back anymore yeah. but i tried pressing and she said look I, I i would love to but she said i can't talk about myself like i can't disclose this stuff with you yeah she just got yeah. silent and kicked kicked me out of her class <laughs> like you're, you're good go on <laughs> And so that was like one of the situations of like there was a high risk like i could have definitely missed and got locked into this you know program longer um yeah but then god used that word to free me from you know from it so yeah dude well what's your what's your experience been like with your family after i meant to ask you this last time but like what's your experience been like because obviously they've seen a major transformation happen in you obviously with your you know, your wife has seen that as well. Um, uh, but, um, but even with your family, what's that process been like? It's been interesting. I mean, my dad, he's always gone to church. He's not like a on fire for Jesus type of guy. He's a, he goes to church and he lives, you know, Russian Orthodox. Does he do Russian no, Orthodox? no. He goes to like a, a seeker friendly type of church. Oh, cool. he's, okay. You know, he's, He's very just keeps it keeps it chill, I guess. You know, he yeah. he does his thing, and but um he goes to church and stuff, and so he uh he was a, of course like ecstatic to see it because he used to tell me testimonies, like he used to try to invite me to church, and he'd be like, "There's this guy that came and spoke at the church, and he he used to do drugs, you know." So he kind of would always be like, "That could happen to you," kind of thing oh, for yeah. me, right? So when it did happen, it was like he was very you know thrilled about. It. He's glad to see it. Um my mom and my sister you know they they don't they're not believers man and they uh they're very like not not open to it either like my mom's open to it she'll talk but i think you know she tried she was catholic i think and she tried going to church when i was a kid and she's kind of stuck on her you know beliefs and so it's kind of that's a frustrating one that's and that's and that was you know another thing that led to me getting frustrated with god too is it's like these people that you know it's like i remember one day my uh i was seeing people like uh, god was just using me this specific day in such a powerful way and i was seeing people just get wrecked like just get slain the spirit get filled baptized like just seeing stuff that i wasn't used to just effortlessly just happening so i, I i'm going to my sister's tonight i'm like it's going down i said tonight's the night i said i'm praying for her she's getting touched like it's it's happening and uh, basically when i asked to pray for her she was like will you pray to Satan? And she was joking, but she was basically saying like, I don't, why would, why would I want prayer for something? I don't believe like mm. you prayed to something you don't believe or right kind of thing. And, um, and I got sad, but I said, and I kind of fought for it because I, I was so confident that something was going to happen. I prayed for her and nothing happened. Uh, nothing like, and like less than stuff. I, I know I'll always see kind of thing, right? Like nothing. And, um, same things with my mom is like, like I was out, she'll, she'll be with me and see me evangelize and I'll come and tell her testimonies and she'll be like, you know, cool. Um, yeah. So that's another one. It's like, Lord, like, it's kind of like that, you know, uh prophet's not respected in his hometown. I was kind literally of thing. just thinking the same thing. Yeah. And that's kind of how it feels at least, you know, I don't, I don't know, but yeah, that, you know, but they're happy for me obviously because they see like, Oh, this thing is giving him joy or, uh, you know, a purpose. So that's how they see it. It's like, I'm glad you found something you like enjoy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good for you, Josh. Yeah. Uh, so, Oh, I, um, I wanted to ask you as well. Last time you were telling the story about your uncle, you guys were like, you know, you'd gone home for like the holidays or something and you'd like gone over it. You heard like the voice on the TV telling you to like kill, kill the uncle your uncle and you're like over him 
have you ever talked about that is scenario with him since that that time no i haven't he and he actually dude he actually passed away in august from, oh, from alcoholism and wow. um and th- you know those ones are rough because he was somebody that and this is you know this is just I'm not surrounded by church people, you know, like, like I have my community of church brothers and stuff. Right. But I'm not surrounded. Like my life, my, most of the people in my life, most people I encounter are not church people. And so that's one of the things that I struggle with as an evangelist. It's like, I'm seeing people die all the time from overdoses. I mean, like 50 plus 60 plus people that I know, like people that used to be best friends with that points and so when you know these people like my uncle like in august i lost what my best friend from high school my brother-in-law and my uncle all to addiction two overdoses and alcohol you know my uncle just gave out after being an alcoholic for 50 years so you see these things all in one month um and the crazy thing about it is my uncle would go to church he believed in jesus but had absolutely no like transformation absolutely no like he would talk to me i love going to that church i love it's just so nice to talk to those people you know like he was he was a good guy he was just he was alcoholic you know it's like in in world terms right and we got to say no there no one's good right but um you see that like so there's the faith he believes in jesus uh the my brother-in-law he came to church with me a couple times i you know i i brought him to pastors for deliverance he never had that encounter he fully believed in jesus he had faith he just couldn't shake the addiction uh, my friend Kevin, he he overdosed, you know, uh, that same month. He was when I got into that program, I got saved. He was my bunkie, and we were supposed to move in with each other. He was one of the reasons I didn't leave because when I was gonna leave, he was like, "Man, he's like, it'll get better." You know what I mean? And and during that same time that God spoke to me and said, "Why don't you just try?" He was another voice saying, "Like, hey, dude, it'll get better. This place is kind of cool. There's peace here." And so, and, and, you know, so he had that faith, but never had that encounter that, or that freedom. So you see these things and it just becomes very hard, um, to, to believe in like this. And I'm not in any way saying any type of universalism or there's no hell or anything like that. It just becomes very hard to see God as, um, as judge, as harsh in judgment as we might make it if that makes sense yeah I got like you. man it's like it's just when you're seeing people die like that 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 challenges your heart you know it, it definitely challenges you because you see these people fighting you see them calling on jesus um so you know yeah but well, yeah no i something that i oh, go ahead no i'm sorry because I, I went off track a little bit with your, no. your original question but yeah no, but no, i never okay. talked to him about it i'm i only saw him once after that and he and i you know i remember actually in my heart like i felt like i'm gonna say god told me but in my heart i i remember feeling this is the last time you're gonna see him uh share the gospel with him and so i tried and he was just stuck in that place so like yeah i believe in jesus yeah yeah i love going to church you know and, and kind of just that's that was it for him just yeah you like going and eating cookies and talking to people and you know listening to music and that was <laughs> you know that was it for him um but yeah. anyways yeah yeah that can be tough though man like and i think too it's i think there's this assumption there can be this assumption with somebody in your position where you're you know you're out preaching the gospel you've seen miracles god has done amazing things through you um and and then going oh well his his family is they're Mm -hmm. they're they're in a they're in a good place and that's not it's definitely not always the case you know 
some of the people that are closest to us can be atheists can be you know yeah rejecting you know even be like no i don't want prayer i don't want you to pray for me you know um yeah but like in in terms of um ha have there been any any things that have happened where you've been like whoa Dude. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now, back to the show. Um, I've seen a couple deaf... I think the, the probably the most miraculous things I've seen is I've seen a couple deaf ears open. Awesome. Um, those are ones that you're like, what? Like, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> For real, um, you can hear? <laughs> yeah, like you can hear me, you know what yeah. I mean? Um and also you see the the people's reactions um i've so i've seen those i've seen um i've seen some like i've seen like a scoliosis back that was like caved in like this straighten up under my hand and i thought the lady was i had my eyes closed and i thought the lady was running it was an old like 80 year old lady thought she was running away from me but when i opened my eyes i realized that her back was just straightening up because i felt my wow. hand going from like this to like this and i thought she was i was like you know um and so I've seen some like pretty, uh, I think the, I think the, honestly, one, the, one of the miracles I think impacted me the most was seeing some, this lady in a hospital's, uh, her broken leg. I went into a hospital, I was walking to Bible study and God told me to go to the hospital and I was late for Bible study and I stopped in the intersection. I said, are you really telling me? I said, I'm late for Bible study. Go to the hospital, go to the hospital. So I, I said, okay, I lived across the street from the hospital. So I walk in to the hospital and there's a lady there with a the broken leg, uh, and I, I prayed and it was, I think the reason it marked me so much is because there was so little of me in it. Like mm -hmm. I, I was just like being obedient. That's it. Like not striving, not trying, nothing. Just like, okay, God told me to be here. I'm going to just reach out my hand and pray the prayer, you know? And when I did that, I felt like, you know, I always joke around. Like I felt like a Dragon Ball Z character. Like, <laughs> like, dude, it felt like that. Like, oh, man, I'm, you know, yeah. coming out of my hand. Like, dude, I felt the virtue that Jesus talked about with the lady with the that touches. Like, that's what I, I felt like a ball of like electric fire come down my arm and shoot out my hand. And when it did, her body got hit so hard that she she was like this kind of sitting up in a wheelchair. And she went poof, and shot back in her chair. Her eyes blew up and she instantly just started yeah. flinging her leg around, like freaking out. And dude, it's, it was like, I didn't even need to ask her if it was healed. I just yeah. ran out the room, dude. I, I got scared. Like that's how like raw the power of it was. And um, wow. that was one that stands out in, in me. Dude. But yeah. Yeah. I had my, my uh, nothing, nothing like that, but my wife had scoliosis and, and she got, uh, she got uh, healed. Uh, she had some women praying for her. And, and so I was recording it and it was crazy. Cause it was like, I, I had my eyes closed, but I had it like framed up and I was praying. And then all of a sudden I felt just this, like, it almost felt like electricity. Like it was just like, like from her, like, you know, like those, uh, what are they called? Like, um, it's like that ball and it has all like the electric things like yeah. that. Like it felt like that, like she was the center. And then it was just like, and I opened and I felt something kind of like coming towards me and I opened my eyes and it was because she, they were praying for her and her spine was moving like this. Like, so she's like, and it was like the area where it actually that had a lack of curvature or whatever. It was like, 
bent forward, adjusted, and then bent backwards and adjusted the rest of the way. And then like, yeah, her spine is like completely normal now. And it was like a really crazy, I was like, whoa, like sometimes you can be in a situation like that and someone gets healed and you don't feel anything. But then other times you actually feel like some kind of like an electricity or something is crazy. It It is. And it makes it a lot easier, you know, like mm-hmm. it's easier to flow like that. And I love that. But um that yeah that's awesome man i love hearing those stories you know Mm -hmm. it is it is it is funny because you like when you actually see this stuff it like freaks you out and then it's funny because you're like whoa why am i freaked out i thought this you know i believe this was gonna happen right you know it's like yeah 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 that's yeah that's why it's funny you're like you're healed you're healed you're healed (laughs) oh my gosh so yeah well um i mean it sounds like really like i think we always try to like bottle uh bottle up some kind of an explanation for evangelism and um as like okay well if i bottle up in a certain way i'm going to feel better about it and then i'm going to go then i'll go out and do it but i mean really it's just about going out and and look i'm not on all the time like you know what i mean like there are certain times where like i've gone to um like every thursday night i go shop like that's when i do grocery shopping and i put on my earbuds and i like get in the zone um, after a long day and, and uh, you know, I'll listen to podcasts or music. And uh, I, I've been in this process of looking at areas of my life too, where I'm like, where are some areas where I think maybe, maybe I should be surrendering those to God a little bit more um, because maybe he wants to impact people um, in those areas that I've been, um, uh, you know, kind of, a little bit more uh, introspective or or closed off from no this is my time you know and I think that um, as we serve the Lord like you kind of lose your right to to my time you know and so um, but it sounds like it's really just a matter of just like hey just go out and just tell people Jesus loves them you know and then let God do what He's gonna do yeah. I think that's the struggle of the the flesh and the spirit, you know, For like sure. at the end of the day, I do have, I, I would say like, if I summarize this in all one ball of like what I think of evangelism, I've done every kind of evangelism, you know, like I've done the street preaching. I've done the, like the very like harsh message, repent God, you know, like I've done that. And I don't see a lot of fruit with that. Like I've never seen somebody like, thanks, you know, like I've, and I'm not saying those seeds weren't planted. I, I have no idea, but I know I've never seen any fruit of it. Like mm. only arguments, only strife, people getting mad, people manifest. Like that's all I've ever seen with that. And so I, I've done it, you know, um, and now if I do it, it's more to like, just kind of stir up the ground until I feel led to do, led to somebody uh, kind of thing. But anyways, like for me, it's like I have I, I remember I was sitting in, in a, a bar one night and uh, I was getting to go food because everything else was closed. I'm sitting at the bar and I know that one of the bartenders. So he's kind of, you know, he, he remembers me. He knows me from years. And, you know, so he, he's like, man, how are you doing? You know, he's like, I'm proud of you. You know, and we're talking. And I sat at the bar. I'm looking at all these people drinking around me. And you could feel the depression in the place. Like you could feel the oppression. It's like a Thursday night and people sitting here drinking, getting drunk. Right. You know, and um, and basically I, I said, God, I said, Jesus, what does it look like? Like if you were here right now, what would that look like? 
would all these people be getting slain in the spirit? When, you know, like, what would that look like? And I heard just clearly, Josh, it would just look like somebody being loved. That's it. And I think that something I tell myself every day and that I believe is that everywhere we go is an opportunity and an, and an, it's available. Like, there's always the one I feel like every day there's at least one person that we could impact. Um, and so the whole thing is like, a lot of times we see people evangelize and I've done it. I've been guilty of it. Evangelize out of works and out of feeling like, like out of religion, out of feeling like what we're supposed to, we should. And I don't think it's wrong. Cause at least, you know, at least you're doing it. At least, Cause there's a lot of people that don't even think about evangelism, you know, or reaching out. Um, so I, I don't ever knock anybody striving to do it or trying. Uh, I always encourage it, but uh, there's a place of that secret place. Like everything flows from there. Like I cannot do nothing. Like if I know I didn't spend time in the secret place, like I should have the last couple of days, I'm not going to go out there trying to evangelize. I used to, and then I'd get burned out and be like, why am I burned out? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Because all the oil I did have for myself, I gave to somebody else, you know? Yeah. And so it's that overflow. And that yeah, is where the that is where everything happens it's the overflow like i'm so full of jesus i'm in the wave of his love and his grace i can't help but it ooze out on someone else it just Mm -hmm. it just happens and so i think if you're in that place where like this is your time i think god respects that but i think it's also being open well hey god i want you know i am available if i do get the prompt and i'll be obedient like knowing your heart still turn to him while you're just doing your thing and uh, for me, because I like you, I was laughing because you said the grocery store on th- uh, Thursdays, and it's like, dude, I'm the grocery store as as a you know a dad and a, a husband now. It's like that's my getaway place is my my gro- grocery shopping. You know, it's yeah. like looking at the produce and all that. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just like I begin excited. Like the 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 Harris Teeter has real coconuts you can drink, and so it's like I get excited about it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And. And I've learned that, dude, that Harris here, I'm there all the time, multiple times a week. And I've turned it into a place, a secret place. I've turned it into an altar mm-hmm. where now as I'm there, I just worship God as I'm walking through the aisles. I I, I bring him everywhere. I bring him into the center of any, everything mm-hmm. and and stuff just happens. It's never planned. And that's why it's like you see people filming evangelism and stuff. It's like I part of me have always wanted that. And God's never let me have it because I'm like, God, I've seen these things. And you see these videos yeah uh and god's never let me it's like he wants me to just keep it all secret and and authentic and i like it that way too you know it's like Mm -hmm. it's just um and so yeah i think it's just it's just flowing from that place and you know what i'm talking about that sweet spot where you know and you're just with jesus he's in every infused and you're just oozing jesus it's like when you're in that place go out and go go talk to someone you know go see yeah. someone the way Jesus sees them. And that's it. Yeah. You know, it's that simple. Yeah. And in regards to like the filming stuff, I, I'm always so in the moment, man, that like, I even forget to take pictures. Like when my wife and I are on vacation, both of us are so in the moment. I'm also not one of those people that like, okay, here's my food that I've been waiting for. Let me stop and take a picture. Nothing against people that do. I just, I, it's a waste of my time. I'm like, I want to eat this. I, I know what it looks <laughs> like. I see it. I'm going to just, I don't want my, my camera roll to be filled with a bunch of pictures of f- my food that I've eaten. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm just so in the moment. I'm like, I just want to eat it. Like that's not, I'm the same way. I'm yeah. the same. I've definitely done it. The food shots a couple of times. If I made some, I'm like, Oh, that's, that's worthy. But yeah, <laughs> but, uh, 
Yeah, I'm the same way, man. I'm I'm very like it feels so weird to me. Like yeah. it's just it's very strange. And like this generation Z, it's like phones out for everything and anything. It's so normal, but for me, it feels very awkward. So I'm I'm with you, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So all right. Well, Josh, I would love for you to pray for people. Um, I mean, I know like I can't not hear something like this and then and then look at areas and be like and turn it to the Lord and be like, okay, God, like like this is something that we're all called to do and to some degree is to be ambassadors for Christ is to, is to be uh, you know, is to witness to people in some fashion, wherever we are, whatever, whatever um, workplace we're in um, or arena that we're operating in, we're called to, to shine his light. We're called to, to be his ambassadors. And so um, I know it's impossible to not have that kind of a reaction when you, when you hear a topic like this and be like, okay, God, like what's an area that I need to be more open in and, and have a, maybe a little bit more courage, um, you know, step out. Um, and so uh, I know there's other people that are listening to this that are in the same, the same boat. And so I'd love to just pray for you to pray for people. Okay. Of course. Lord Jesus. You're beautiful. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for the kind gift of your spirit. And I just ask that right now, Lord, that you would just begin to shine a light on every aspect of our heart that is not submitted or surrendered. Every person that's listening, Lord, I just ask that you'd begin to reveal the unseen that you'd begin to reveal the things that you see that we're unaware of, the things that we've kept hidden, the things that haven't been shown to us, Lord, because you say that when we see you, that we will be like you. And so the more that we see you and the more that we begin to uh, acknowledge you and behold you, Lord, the more that we're transformed into you. And so, Jesus, I just ask that you just begin to relay those things to us, that you begin to reveal and show us those things. I ask, Father, that the light of your face, the light of your countenance would begin to shine on us, Lord. I ask that you'd give everybody a hunger for the secret place, Lord. We cannot do this play, this thing. We cannot do anything. We can't sing for you. We can't love you. We can't even, you know, love our brothers correctly without first receiving your love. And so, Jesus, I ask for just a hungry burden and a fire and a hunger and a desire, a thirst for your presence a thirst for your fire, a thirst for your oil, a thirst for your face, God, that you'd begin to give everybody a stirring right now into the secret place, Lord. And I ask that we would sit there until we're full and that we would sit there until our only focus is you and that we would just ooze Jesus wherever we go. Lord, I ask that you'd give people boldness right now, Lord, that you'd give people boldness like you did in Acts 4, verse 29 and 30, Lord, that you'd give us boldness, that you'd stretch forth your hand for mighty signs and wonders through the name of your servant, Jesus Christ. God, I ask that you would endow us with boldness, with clarity, with discernment, Lord. I ask that you would give us uh, uh, understanding that we are actually the head and not the tail, Lord, that we can rule in dominion, that, that we are the light of the world, and Lord, that we would just believe it, that we would be confident in that, that we would walk in that, that we would understand that this isn't... Um, a game that we're we're losing and we're playing from a winning position, Lord, and that everywhere we go, we have permission and the ability and the authority to be that light. And so, Jesus, I ask that you just give us all that understanding right now. And God, just keep keep you first, uh, keep our hearts burning, and just help us to live and flow from love, Lord. That is my one main prayer. Jesus, help us to love like you. Help us to see others as you do. 
and burn us with the light of your face in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Dude, Josh. So good. So good. Um, and I just like, God loves you so much, man. Like he's so, so proud of you. I just, <laughs> like, I just like last time I was getting teary eyed, just thinking about just like everything you've walked through and, and like God, dude, God is so proud of you. Oh my goodness. Um, I appreciate that, brother. I really, I really do, man. I love those kind of words. We could always use them. You know, they never get old to me. So thank you yeah, very much. Yeah. So how can people follow you? I mean, you do, you do some stuff online. You've got, you do post messages and obviously you've got your podcast to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Um, yeah, man, I got uh, my Instagram, Joshua underscore kingdom priest. I've been on a social media break. Uh, I've been, on, I haven't been on, uh, been on Facebook a little bit. Cause I don't have a problem getting, you know, I don't spend too much time on Facebook. Um, yeah. But yeah, you could, you can follow me at uh, Joshua King, underscore kingdom priest on TikTok, Instagram, and Joshua Zatkoff on on YouTube, and uh, so yeah, I'm taking a little social. I haven't been on for like a month or so. I'm taking my little breaks, you know, Nothing like wrong to with that. get in, get out, you know. And Nothing wrong with uh, that. so it's nice, but yeah, man, that's where you can yeah. follow me. Awesome. And then your podcast as well. Do you have like a set schedule when you release podcast podcast episodes, or just kind of whenever? It's random. Uh, yeah, it's random. I wanted to keep it on a schedule, but I realized that Jesus isn't on my schedule. You know, it's like, right. it's like, he'll give me yeah. three episodes in one week sometimes or messages. And then it's like, I don't hear anything for a couple of weeks. I just, uh, I'm letting, kind of just being chill with it. You know, I'm not, not pressing it too much, but I, I'm hoping to get uh, another one out here probably soon. It's next awesome. week. Probably I got one I want to do. So awesome. Very cool, man. Well, dude, seriously, thank you so much. It's so great. We'll definitely, definitely do this again. Cause it's, it's great of course man of course man i enjoy talking to you very much yeah yeah it's yeah. great all right everybody that's our show have an amazing day uh, just a reminder that we don't have a show tomorrow we have one on friday uh that's gonna be episode 139 with abby duplaga she's back we're gonna have a great time uh so you join us then also there's a donation link at the end elijahfire.com donate that make sure to keep this thing afloat so that we can keep it normally five days a week three days this week um, and accessible to you guys on as many platforms as we can manage. And then also we're doing those amazing work in the, with water wells. And we're also going to be doing some stuff stateside with First Nations people as well, uh, working on reservations. That's still in the works. Um, really exciting things. So, guys, thank you so much. Keep us in your prayers also as well. Uh, have an amazing day. And we'll see you on Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time with Abby Duplaga. Bye, everybody. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.